Behind the Mask Hockey Shops present College Hockey Southwest Live for November 29th, 2020. Tonight's scheduled guest is San Jose Sharks defenseman and first 100-point scorer in ASU history, Brinson Pashnuk. Behind the Mask College Hockey Southwest Live is brought to you by Verizon Wireless. Experience Verizon's 5G and 5G Ultra Band for business. Verizon Wireless, 5G built right. By Bell Ford, see our award-winning dealership at 2401 West Bell Road in Phoenix or go to bellford.com. Behind the Mask Hockey Shops, visit any of our three Valley locations or go to behindthemask.com and gear up for the new season on ice or in line. Cold beers and cheeseburgers, all of our locations in Arizona and California are open in accordance to CDC guidelines. Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila. For the best margaritas and more, go to MexicanMoonshine.com and see how you can get your bottle today. Jesse Ray's Barbecue. Stop in and pick up any of our award-winning sauces on your way home at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas. Caesars Entertainment's Resorts. Anywhere you want to go, you can bet there's a Caesars Resort in the center of the action. And by College Bar and Grill at 740 South Mill Avenue in Tempe, ASU alumni owned and operated. College Hockey Southwest Live presented by Behind the Mask is a part of the Ice Time Hockey SW.com network. Here are your hosts, Scott Strandy and Paul Hornstein. All right. Welcome in, hockey fans, wherever you may be listening to us live tonight on the Podbean app. We do welcome you in to College Hockey Southwest Live, our weekly Sunday night primetime live podcast where we bring you all the latest in college hockey, uh, especially from the Southwest, from Denver to Tucson, as we like to say, or everything in between. Scott Strandy joining you, as always, from beautiful Scottsdale, Arizona. And my co-host, Paul Hornstein from beautiful Long Island, New York. Paul, how are you tonight? From Denver to where? (laughs) Oh, you were listening. See, sometimes I just do that to see if you're actually listening or not. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I've never heard of that place. I don't know what the heck you're talking about. Uh, You will when they go D1 hockey and there starts to become rivalry games again. Then you'll hear of it. Uh, Yeah, well, until then. (laughs) Okay. Uh, how are you this evening? Uh, we're okay. We're a lot better uh, than we were last weekend. Does that make any sense? Oh, it definitely does. I was just going to start the show by saying that, Paul, that uh, this was a different weekend than last weekend for a number of reasons. There were some good. There were some bad. When you look at our four teams in the uh, in the coverage area yeah, for Ice yeah. Time Hockey Southwest. Uh, a couple of close losses for Air Force, but a couple of yeah. huge, and I emphasize huge, wins for the Arizona State Sun Devils. Um, well, let's, and, let's, let's, and, let's, let's, hold on no, a hold, second. Hold, 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 no, hold, no, hold on one second. I got one more thing to say. Uh, right. Our Denver University uh, hockey team should be in Omaha now. They left early this morning. I saw the pictures uh, that they tweeted out of them boarding the buses to get to Den- to uh, Omaha to begin playing the pod on uh, Wednesday night, I think they start. And uh, our friends at Colorado College are going to clear um, their quarantine on December 1st, and they will begin play in uh, Omaha on December 8th on their new revised schedule. So that's what's going on. Now go ahead with yours. Uh, I just very, very simply put, 
Um, I, I just want to make sure that uh, that people know, because you never know when we have new listeners, uh, especially since we've added uh, the Colorado Schools Tour coverage. It, it, make no mistake about it. I am an ASU alum, so you always know where my heart's going to lie. We just have to make sure that people – we have to be honest and we have to be objective. Um, and this is not anything against those other three schools, as you know. Uh, I, I, loved know. Having, I loved having Coach Haviland on. He's hysterical. Uh, Coach Carl is, 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 is quite the story uh, in terms of how he got where he is uh, and what he went through. Uh, physically with his own health and you know and and what can you say about air force and and, and frank territory that hasn't already been said by much smarter <laughs> people than us and by much better or over the past better. 25 years <laughs> yeah so um but but you know i just wanted to make sure that people understood the the the, the opening comment um uh, you know, I'm, I am what coach, bring them on. Let's go. So we can kick your butts again. That's, that's all, that is all I'll have to say. And I know that you'll get, you probably get angry text messages and angry tweets. Uh, if I do, I just send them to you. So that's okay. Well, not if they're from there. Uh, so. Okay. So, so let's jump into this because I believe okay. we've got a great guest coming on in about 10, 15 minutes here. We've got scheduled tonight the uh, former captain of the Arizona State Sun Devils, the uh, now current San Jose Shark, um, and uh, as you mentioned in the open, the first 100-point getter at the uh, – can I use that Getter? 100-point getter? Seriously? <laughs> Scorer? Yes, thank <laughs> at you. At NASU? Getter? Oh, my Lord. He was a 100-point getter. Duluth okay. is going to make you give that back that degree. <laughs> Holy smokes. Uh, okay, so Brinson Passionate is scheduled to join us. I sent him a message a couple days ago, and I said, hey, I think the Sun Devils might need a little winning streak. Any chance we can get you to come on the show and get the thing started? And uh, he said yes, and they proceeded to win two games in a row. Yeah, so, it's, that's, it's, it's, <laughs> you're responsible for it all. I'll make sure they know. <laughs> So, yeah. Well, I'm not. Brinson is. I, I asked oh. him to come on. He said, yeah. And then all of a sudden the winning streak started. So, you okay. know what? A little uh, a little former captain love can't hurt. But, uh, no. okay, Let, let's let's quickly jump into Air Force because okay. uh, they had a couple of tough losses uh, over the last couple of days. They traveled to AIC. I know they were excited about getting started. Uh, Friday night they, they lost 3-1 to one with an empty netter. Uh, Saturday or Friday afternoon. Saturday afternoon, they lost two to one, and again another really close game. So you would expect that, and we both said that from Frank Territory's team that they would be um, very much competitive and in the game. It's just a matter of uh, you know how the puck bounces, and this was certainly two games. You saw more of it than I did, but uh, it was certainly a, a more of a where the puck bounces type game, right? Yeah, I think the uh, Friday afternoon game uh, is one that if you ask the coach privately uh, without all the fanfare is one that they would tell you uh, got away from them. I don't care what the stat sheet says. 
the stat sheet says that AIC outshot Air Force uh, 25 to 16. But when I watched that game, uh, I, I saw a, an Air Force team that was the better team in that first game and an AIC team that just happened to score on its two best chances. Like I said, we're not going to count the empty netter, but um, I thought Air Force was the better team. I thought uh, they were not able to convert on a bunch of power plays, and I'm sure that that will not make the coach happy because it doesn't make any coach happy. Uh, <laughs> and, and speaking of that, we're, we're scheduled to have the coach on Tuesday night, so we'll get his thoughts from uh, flying across the country to, uh, to to have two close losses and now come back and prepare for their first home series against Robert Morris coming up this weekend. So, um, and 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 there's no doubt that Air Force is young, and and we knew that uh, that scoring has been uh, and seems like. At least it will be at the beginning of the season again for them. Uh, I, I thought they played their usual solid defensive game. Thought they had some good goaltending, uh, and I, like I said, I just inter- AIC got a power play goal and a, and a, and a, and a breakaway goal. Yeah, and well, an, that's and uh, an empty You know, I mean that that'll do it. <laughs> yeah, and 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 on Friday and on Saturday afternoon. Uh, the, the game was much more even. Uh, it was kind of a reverse in terms of the shots on goal in that. In, in the first game, Air Force uh, gave up a lot. It's got a lot of shots on goal in the third period. I mean, I'm sorry, AIC did. And then it was reversed on, on the Saturday game. But I, even with that, it still felt like Air Force should have won the game on Friday. Saturday, eh, you know, once again, each team got a power play goal, um, but it seemed like the game was a little bit more even. Uh, I couldn't tell you 100% about the Saturday game because, well, you know, streaming. And, uh, <laughs> oh, you said that so calm and collected uh, because because while it was going on, you were texting me messages that were not calm and collected, but that's okay. That's, that's for another day. Uh, is it? We'll, because... We'll, yeah, catch your uh, breath. And, and this is... And this is... And, and I'll say it again. This is... Uh, we're paying for this. Yeah, I know. We're paying for this. Get it. Now, get it right. Now, yeah. maybe it was my laptop. I don't know. But I watched Friday with no problems. Uh, the two games uh, at Wisconsin this weekend, no problems. Uh, Saturday... I couldn't even get the radio feeds. Yeah. I, I went yeah. to get the Air Force radio feed, and that wouldn't work in either. Yep, I hear you. I hear you. And okay, we're not so... even going to get into the rest of it. So. <laughs> I hear you. So, so okay. definitely Air Force and AIC in the Atlantic hockey are not in the Big Ten, and by, I mean that by uh, the style of play, because the Big Ten definitely is a, a wide-open style of play, and um, – I'll tell you, Paul, I sent you a text message with the four things that really impressed me uh, through this weekend. And and I don't think anybody should be surprised if you've been around the Arizona State program at all. Uh, Coach Powers is is already one of the best coaches, I think, in college hockey at making adjustments. He knew what he had in his team. Uh, If you remember the press conference a week ago and he said, hey, last year we started one and three. Uh, this year we're 0-2 and or 0-3 and 1. 
uh, no big deal. Uh, we'll get it together. We, the guys know what they need to do. Okay, let's uh, preface it with two things. Arizona State was without Johnny Walker. Uh, Wisconsin was without five players, one that was with Team USA and four that were under uh, COVID protocol. So, you know, you, you can look at it and go, okay, well, what, what, was there a problem either way? I don't know because uh, both teams played uh, what I thought was pretty solid hockey, but Arizona State took it to them from the start in both games. And uh, I was really impressed with what I saw in the adjustments made, especially in open ice uh, against Michigan and, and not so bad against Michigan State, but certainly against Michigan, there was a lot of open ice for those Michigan forwards to, to move through the neutral zone and gain speed into the offensive zone. That was pretty much taken away uh, from what I saw uh, this weekend from Arizona State. Well, I'm going to start it with this. We got a chance to speak to Demetrius Kumanzis after the game on Saturday. And I like what he said when he was asked about taking advantage of a Wisconsin team that was missing some players. He said, no one would feel sorry for us. So it's just the way it goes. Why should we feel sorry for anybody else? Because if we, if it was us in this situation... No one would feel sorry for us. So, and I mean, maybe that's that's the way the player should take it. But I I liked the way he I like what he said, and I liked the way he said it. Yeah, that's a and, that's a great point, Paul. Um, well, I have those once in a while, blind squirrels, but. Um, <laughs> So, but, but you're yeah. absolutely right. Nobody would feel sorry for him. No. And, uh, and you just you play the hockey games with what you got. If, if they had enough uh, guys to play at, at Wisconsin, if they had chose not to play it, we would have known they would have chose not to play it. So, right. um, so they chose to play it. They knew what they were up against, and, uh, and they chose to do it. So it is what it is. Okay, we're going to talk more Arizona State hockey right now because we're going to bring on the former captain, now San Jose Shark, a defenseman. Brinson Pashnuk is joining us. I'm not sure where he's at right now, so we'll ask him as soon as he comes on here. But um, we'll bring Brinson on and uh, and just talk a little hockey and see what's going on. So first of all, Brinson, Scott, and Paul with you. How are you? Hey, doing good. How about yourself? Oh, we're doing very well. Uh, I'm sure you're chomping at the bit to get uh, some game action going right now, but have you had a chance to watch your former team play at all? Yeah, yeah, definitely uh, waiting patiently for the NHL to start up, that's for sure. Um, but yeah, I have watched uh, ASU play. I didn't watch this weekend just because I tried to, and I couldn't get it on Friday or Saturday. And then I just had some stuff going on today, so I couldn't really tune in. But um, I mean, yeah, I I know ASU has it, has what it takes. Um, and I think we finally started to see it this weekend uh with their scoring ability. I think that's just the only thing they were missing the last couple weekends, and I think they, they might have found it this weekend, hopefully. Well, I'm going to tell you two things, and then Paul's going to jump here and have some questions for you as well. But uh, I sent you a text message, and, and thanks for coming on, by the way. I, uh, I sent you the message, and I said, hey, I think your Sun Devils need to get on a winning streak. Can we bring you on? <laughs> and, and right after I sent you that message, uh, guess what? 8-5, uh, 3-1 today. They're, they're on a winning streak. Uh, secondly is I had a, a text message from somebody that said, wow, I'm, I'm worried that the Sun Devils really missed the brothers and Josh Maniscalco. How does that make you feel? 
Yeah, I mean, it must be, you know, it must be a... <laughs> Must be the lucky key, you know, uh, sending that text really just sparked something in the boy. <laughs> no, but, um, I mean, it's definitely hard to hear for sure because, I mean, even just watching those games, it's still, it almost feels like I, I'm still on the team a little bit just because I've played with everyone. All those guys were my teammates last year. Um, and it's like, oh, I want to be out there, um, you know, helping them win. But uh, at the same time, you know, like I'm trying to, chase after my life dream of playing in the NHL and uh every everything comes to an end so you gotta you gotta just be happy for what happened and thank God and um just thank them for the blessings and uh cheer all your old teammates on and like I said I know ASU has the right group of guys in that locker room to to do it this year okay first of all the easy question or the easy comment don't let him take any credit for this Brinson Please okay. don't, 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 don't even encourage him even in the slightest because I have to deal with this every day and, and I, um, no, uh, that's one, two, do, was it when you, however you got that first game against Michigan, forget about the result. How weird was it to be watching, especially since the NHL season and training camps are delayed? How weird was it watching and not to act to actually be playing in some sort of situation, whether it's college or the pros yourself. Yeah, it's very like, weird and strange. It's it's frustrating, you know, kind of watching. Like I said, just because it's like, okay, I I was the captain of a lot of these guys last year, and I want to be able to help them right now. When you know that first time when they were losing against Michigan, obviously I'm not on the team and stuff like that, and then just not really having my own, you know, games right now. It's just like you got this built up, like, just urge and drive to go play hockey, but you can't really do that other than, you know, just training while we're while we're waiting for the NHL to get going. So it's a, it's a strange feeling. It's hard to, you know, it's kind of hard to describe. But, yeah, all I can say is I'm, I'm ready to get back to the rink every day. Um, the the – are you still up in Canada, or did you decide uh, a, a while ago, or are you in California or even Tempe? Because uh, we know your wife is from Tempe. Uh, where are you guys uh, staying right now? Are you up in, in, in Bonneville, or, or where are you? Yeah, no, we're still in Arizona. We've been here, okay. um, like, honestly, ever since the, the season ended last year, graduated. Okay. Um, I mean, yeah, we love it here. I love training here. Um, skating with a lot of uh really good high caliber nhl players down here and uh yeah it's been a great off season uh, is your brother with you yes he is he, he lives in the same house as me <laughs> oh well i didn't mean that that with you that with you but you know i meant basically uh okay so uh, then the next question that that needs to be asked is how many times a week have you been able to get out on the ice um, right now it's about three. Uh, I honestly think that's a that's a good amount right now. If if we hear something that the NHL is a go in the next couple weeks or or however long it is, that's when I'll start probably ramping it up to four times a week. Um, but yeah, it's been consistently uh, two to three times um, with really good high tempo skates. So I'm feeling good on the ice. Feeling like like I mean, never in my life have I had this much time in the off season to really get in shape. So I can honestly say I am in the best shape of my life for sure. Um, 
But then it comes to a point where it's like, hey, yeah, I'm in really good shape, but I want to actually utilize this in games. Right. Brinson, I want to get back to, to your former team for a minute because uh, you being in Tempe, obviously you've seen uh, the schedule come out. You knew they were going to play 28 road games um, under a difficult situation with uh, COVID and having to be in hotels and busing and, and not coming back to practice here. Um, just give us your thoughts on that. Had you been the captain right now and a part of that team, how would you have looked at this season? Well, I think you can definitely look at it two ways. Um, the first negative way is, wow, that's going to be exhausting. Um, that's a lot of hotel time. That's a lot of being on the road away um, from, you know, your own apartment, your own home. Um, maybe you guys could get distracted and just kind of, you know, lay low on the school end of it and just get kind of lazy. Or you could look at it the way of, hey, boys, we get to be on the road for a month together. Why don't we grow closer than any team in college hockey ever has because no team in college hockey's ever been on the road this long. So I think they can they can use this actually to their advantage a lot by just you know building such strong bonds, not only at the rink but away from the rink because guess what? You have nowhere to go. You know, you're stuck with each other in the hotel, <laughs> especially during quarantine. So start getting to know your teammates more and, and – you know, become best friends and a family. Okay, so a quick follow-up to that is that uh, Coach Powers announced last night that they were going to continue that extended stay and make it 36 days, I believe, and, and play all 12 games prior to uh, the new year uh, on the road. And he said he asked the guys, to, and then they took a vote. Is that something that you would have wanted to do too, is take a vote and see how many guys are really interested in doing that? Or do you think it would have been better to just say, hey, we, we are doing this and – whatever i think that's really cool that they took a vote i think that um you i think the whole team deserves a say in it um and i think that's really cool that uh coach powers allowed his whole team to to see what they want and and see what they believe or is going to get them the most success and obviously they believe it's you know just staying on the road and um continuing to grind it out which can be awesome so I think he definitely made the right decision with asking his team. That, that that shows a lot and talks a lot about his character. Are there players on this team that you still uh, – I mean, obviously, you've only been gone, you know, eight months. But, um, you know, since they're on the road uh, playing, getting their season started and you're are – are, are you don't have to tell us who either, but are there, are there players on this team you still communicate with uh, you know, almost daily or three or four times a week or? Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's definitely guys that, I mean, those are some of my best friends. So I definitely am staying in contact with them. Um, I don't really like, it, it's up in the air. Sometimes it's a lot during the week. Sometimes it's not, you know what I mean? Right. It just, just all depends. But yeah, hundred percent. I'm still very, very close with a lot of them. And um, I texted some of them after the Michigan game and just encouraged them and, kind of reminded them that, you know, the first couple games of the year can either go really good or really bad. It usually seems how they go every year. It's never in the middle, you know what I mean? And uh, right. I was just unlucky that they came up against a really good team um, the first weekend of the year. So I just encouraged them that and, you know, told a few of them to, you know, just build off it and lead. I mean, look at last year. We were we did not start that hot to the year, but then we just got some momentum going and we went on a big run. 
Brinson, I want to uh, jump into that one since you brought that up about Michigan is that uh, I made the comment at the beginning of the show tonight. I said, I, I think Coach Powers might be, if not one of the best, maybe the best at making adjustments because we had him on in a press conference uh, a week ago and uh, people were asking him, your team is, uh, is 0-3-1 and at the time. What are you, what are you going to do? Or are you panicking? And he said, no, he said, uh, last year we started one, three and oh, and, and we were fine. He said, we're, we're fine. We're going to do something. Well, we watched the buzzsaw that was Michigan. And then we saw a little bit better play and closer games with Michigan state, but you were in the program for four years. How does coach powers rank in your mind as far as making adjustments on the fly like that? Yeah, he's awesome. Like I said, like, he deserves a lot of credit because he's very smart like that. And um, he's earned a lot of people's respect. I think that just shows in his, I mean, in his record as a coach at Arizona state, I mean, bringing a team to a national championship tournament to the third or fourth year of the program, like that's insane. Um, And in order to do that, you really have to navigate through the bumps and the turns along the road. And, and that's exactly what he's done. And that's exactly what he will do this year. There's going to be bumps. There's going to be hills to climb that he's going to have to figure out how to get around them or get through them. And, and I have the utmost confidence that he will. And I think that's what you starting to see this weekend. I mean, they just upset Wisconsin. I know Wisconsin was missing a lot of their, uh, you know, their players, but still like it's Wisconsin just because they're missing a few of their players doesn't mean the rest of their team is in a great hockey team. Uh, do, do you agree? I mean, I'm sure you do with what Demetrius Kumanzi said. I don't know if you, I don't know if you were. Listening. Yeah, I was, I was listening. I mean, I know you were here, but you know, sometimes you, you people, we get messed up with technology, but I was happy. He said, Hey, no one would give a darn about us if we had the same situation. So we just got to go and play our game. No, that's, so true and good for Como for saying that because it's so true. The college hockey world would not care if ASU was missing um, some of their best players, but just because it's someone else, um, they'll give they'll give them that reason. But I'm that's awesome for Como for saying that because it's so true. It doesn't that's life. Sometimes guys are going to be missing. That's why there's a team. There's not just one player you're playing against. You're playing against the whole team. And teams rely on every single guy in that locker room to be successful. Um, so, yeah, good for Como. I love that. I love hearing that. Yeah. Now, talk- oh, go ahead, Paul. No, go ahead, Scott. You go, because I'm, I'm no. probably going to change the subject. <laughs> so, go ahead. Uh, no, I, I'm going to keep it on the Big Ten a minute, because Brinson's had a taste of the Big Ten his four years at Arizona State. And, uh, Brinson, when we heard this, the rumors that uh, the seasons were going to be conference only and that – LIU and, and uh, ASU were going to have to find somewhere to play basically within a conference in order to uh, get enough games to even have a shot at the NCAA tournament. Um, and they went to the Big Ten, and you know the style of playing the Big Ten. What, and Coach Power, I'll tell you what Coach Power said, and then you can follow that. Uh, he told us that he was excited to play there because he wanted to play the best competition. He thought it gave uh, ASU great exposure being on uh, the Big Ten Network, being on uh, NBC Sports Network, being on NHL Network uh, with Notre Dame and things like that. So he was really excited about wanting to show what ASU was all about to the Big Ten this year, whether they end up in that conference somewhere down the road or not. 
So your thoughts on that? Is that something that you would have liked to have done too as a player to say, hey, I, I'll go play them? Yeah, I'd be lying if I say, uh, said I wasn't a little bit jealous when I heard that. I would have loved to play in the Big Ten <laughs> in my four years there. That's Who wouldn't want to be in the best conference in college hockey? I, I think that – I think in my mind personally that is the best conference uh, without a doubt. Um, I mean, you just see the talent of players that come out of that every single year. And um, Yeah, I'm a bit jealous of ASU that they get to play against the best caliber teams and players what better way to um establish a winning culture than playing against the best teams and what better way to move guys on to the next level than playing against the best players so um no that's awesome i think that's that's so great and uh, i'm excited for them okay so uh, you know this is the the way life is as you said and and, and things move on especially when you're a college athlete uh, but you know, you had your four years and then you signed your deal with the uh, San Jose. Um, how many times a week do you communicate with the coaches there the, the front office there? And, and what kind of things, uh, have they had you do that say you weren't doing at ASU? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, it all depends with communications, you know, some, some weeks, um, I'll talk to them more, some, Sometimes I won't talk to them at all. It ju- it just all depends. Um, I talk to um, some of the uh, si- the assistant coaches with the Barracudas um, that are really good with development, and um, I mean I've talked to Bob Bugner, the head coach, and talked to the GM, and um, so I've talked to everyone kind of, and right. uh, you know I've been in consistent communication with them and their all their development guys. They reach out constantly and ask if that if I need anything. I'm, but I was talking to uh, who was it? One of the coaches. I'm not. I can't really. That's okay. That's that's good enough. But yeah, um, one of the biggest tips he got me or gave me was he's like, okay, so who are you skating with in the summer? And I told him, you know, there's like I said, there's some NHLers and um, some really respected guys. And he said, okay, I want you to you know get to know them and ask them what would they have done differently going into their first year of pro and how, how could they, um, if they could go back, how would they, you know, get themselves ready for this jump? Um, so I, uh, yeah, I've had those conversations with a few guys and it's just been really eye opening to see one, how hard everyone works at this level Two, like how strong everyone is. It's crazy. Um, I think in college you can get away with just being naturally gifted in the strength department, but when you make that jump up, it's, it's crazy. Everyone is so strong. Even if, even if they're not that strong off the ice, it's like when they get on the ice, they're like superhuman. Honestly, it's like, Holy, where did all this strength come from? Um, so yeah, it's just like little things like that. Like just so much more mental preparation. I think for me, just, you know, getting ready in all my workouts before every workout for every ice session, just being like, Hey, this is my job now. This isn't just, It's not just something I do on the weekends. Like, this is how I'm going to provide for my family. This is how I'm going to um, make a career. So it, it's more than just, um, yeah, hockey's my passion. And it always has been. And um, I always said the day I stopped loving hockey is the day I step away from the game. Um, but it's also my career now. So, you know, it, it just like a whole new level of preparation comes into it. 
with without having gone to a training camp yet, you know, an actual full training camp, we know you've been to development camps. Yeah. Has that been the biggest eye opener so far in the in in the short time that uh, you've had in since you signed a contract? Yeah, I mean, I I think uh, like I said, I'd be lying if I said I'm not very nervous for training camp. I mean, right. who wouldn't be? Uh, sure, absolutely. Rookie, rookie coming into their first training camp, but. It's helped me a lot that, you know, I've got to know some of the players. I skate with um, a couple of San Jose guys here in Arizona. Um, so just building relationships with that and, you know, just asking them some questions like, hey, um, what do I need to prepare more on? Like, how was main camp? You know, what do we do? You know, just like everything, like all the questions you want to know that will help you prepare better and not just be ready physically because I know I'm ready physically. Like I said, I'm in the best shape of my life. Um, but then it comes the mental side of it where you have to be prepared. It's, um, it's your career now. So get ready. Uh, so wait, is it, oh, you got one more, Paul? Yeah, I got one more for, on, on this same track. Go ahead. Um, did Josh Maniscalco come and talk to you, uh, just to pick his brain or pick your brain, uh, before he signed with the Penguins? Yeah, he did for sure. I mean, um, me and Josh are best friends, so uh, he's a guy that I definitely um, have stayed in contact a lot with since the season ended. But I mean, me and him were still hanging out a bunch uh, while he was still in Arizona. And yeah, I remember um, when he was making his decision. We met in person a couple times and actually right. just uh, communicated with it. And you know, he he asked me some questions and stuff. And I I still think to this day that. Uh, he made the right decision. Josh is ready to make that jump to pro. Josh is an unbelievable hockey player. and Yeah, he could have dominated college for sure, um, but I know he can do great in pro. And, and at the end of the day, I really think that he made the right decision for sure. Well, I asked that question just so people understand is because you had to make that decision a year ago. You had to make yeah. that same decision. Do I stay or do I go? So mm -hmm. having gone through it personally and – you know, being as tight with him as as you were. I mean, you guys basically were partners for two years. Yeah. Um, I was just curious to see if, if you guys had had discussions about it uh, before he made his decision. Yeah, no, for sure we did. And it's like, it's honestly like any decision in life. Um, there's always those two ends of the spectrum. The Like the what if, okay, what if I sign and things don't go good and my career's over? What if I don't sign and I get injured? You know what I mean? So there's, there's always going to be that voice in your head um, telling you what if. Um, but at the end of the day, you just got to look at look at yourself in the mirror and be like, can I go to sleep at night knowing that I made the decision that I feel is best for me and my family? And and I know he can do that, and I know he, he made the right decision at the end of the day. Okay, so COVID hits us, and, and you and I talked, you and I and Paul talked, um, right after that, and the season was over. And uh, the NHL, I thought, and I've been giving kudos to the NHL for a long time. Now you're part of the league, uh, the professional ranks. Uh, did you think the NHL did as close to everything right as they could have in finishing off the season? Yeah, 100%. I think that was so cool how, how they did that. I mean, it just shows the, you know, how much guys love their job and – it takes so many moving parts to make something like that happen from volunteers, from um, 
from coaches to players to families sacrificing time from wives sacrificing time with their husband to go and be quarantined in a bubble to finish out the season. I thought that was honestly so cool how they, how they made it work and uh, were able to award the Stanley cup. Um, I think that was really cool. And I think that will go down in the history books as one of the most like interesting Stanley cup finals <laughs> you'll ever see just because of the, the circumstance. But at the end of the day, like that's so cool that well, they came up with it and were able to do it. Well, I'll tell you two things, first of all, and then, then Paul can ask his question because he got a dig at me, so now it's my turn to get a dig at him. <laughs> all he did, Brinson, the entire summer was watch six hockey games a day when he could. So, yes. Uh, <laughs> yes, that's not a dig. That's not a dig because that's where we my next question is going. So we couldn't, we couldn't, we couldn't get him off the couch, but, but now uh, we look at what's going on in sports, and the NHL and the AHL have been really, really quiet about what's going on right now. And I'm sure that they're trying to make the very best decision, not only that when you can have fans, but how you can play games and, and all these different things. So as a guy playing the waiting game for his first season, um, how, how is that going for you personally, mentally? Are you able to just go, okay, I trust what's going on here. I'm just going to sit back and continue to work out and do my thing. Or are there getting to be some anxious moments where you're going like, um, you know, it's almost December here. I want to get started. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a bit of both for sure. Um, I can definitely say that um, my patience has, has grown a lot stronger this off season more than it ever has just because, um, you know, training gets exhausting. It really does. Um, but that's where that mental side comes into it where I touched on earlier. And um, you just have to push through the, the tired mornings and, and realize that it's your job and um, – yeah, it's hard not knowing exactly when we're going to start, but I think I've uh, came to a place where I'm just going to be like, hey, I want to get to this point. I want to be ready for that phone call any day that says, okay, we need you in San Jose soon. You know what I mean? And We need you here this day. Um, so I know I'm ready for that. I'm there now. Um, so now it's just a waiting game. Now it's I'm antsy. I want to get going. Um, but I understand there's a lot of moving parts and – um, yeah, it's taking a lot of people to, to get a plan going and, and figure out what what the season's going to look like because I have no idea what it will look like. I really don't. All right. So first of all, he can make a dig at me all he wants <laughs> because if he's going to sit there and say that it's a dig that I watched six hockey games a day, <laughs> let's go. Bring it on. So because the, the question is how many times did you get to do that, A, and B, we know if the Sharks were in that that's who you were rooted for, mm-hmm. uh, uh, but they were not. Uh, and I don't know the geography of Alberta that well to know whether you were an Oilers fan or a Flames fan growing up. So which one of those teams did you root for or am I way off base and there was somebody else as the playoffs went on and how much of it did you actually watch? Yeah, um, I uh, I am closest to Edmonton, so okay. I grew up watching the Oilers a lot. Um, you know, I went to quite a few of their games as a kid, and um, yeah, loved going to the, those NHL games. I thought it was the coolest thing ever. Um, but to be honest, growing up, I didn't really have a like an all time favorite team. You know what I mean? I okay. just sure. I just kind of loved watching. Um, okay, I loved watching the Sidney Crosby's. Um, 
you know, just the, the high talented and insane hockey players. So, um, I mean, Connor McDavid watching him, it's, it's absolutely incredible to see the speed and the skill of that guy. So, well, yeah, I didn't really have a team that I you know, cheer for it. I just watched everyone and, um, loved it. And to be honest, in the playoffs, I, I watched a little bit of it, but, right. um, I mean, I don't even have the NHL network, so I didn't, uh, <laughs> so I could only really watch, uh, what, you know, the, the cable or the satellite TV that we have at yeah. this house really showed. So, um, definitely watched a, a bit for sure, but didn't watch six games a day. That's for sure. <laughs> well, listen, I, I, I make no bones about it. I have no shame about it. Okay. And, and, and I get that too, because, you know, we get guys who play, on here, uh, you know, fairly regularly. And, you know, sometimes players love to play, but they don't necessarily like to sit down and watch other people play. So I, I totally yeah, yeah. understand, uh, you know, not having a favorite team and just liking to watch certain players. And if you were watching guys at I, – I, it was, was it Northlands Coliseum at that point when you went to games? Was it uh, – whatever it was at that point, it's always the best ice in the league. So yeah, <laughs> it was Rexall. Okay. Yeah. Rexall, Rexall yeah. Okay. Yeah. It was, it, it was known for the best ice ever. <laughs> yeah. Um, I so- mean, because I'd watch games there and, 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 and I would purposely try to watch as many games that were being played in Edmonton because the ice was just so good. And the game was just that much faster. Does, does it does it look that much faster in person, or is it yeah. just come across that way on TV? No, I think it's when you're watching a game in person, you realize how fast everyone is. I don't think – I think when you watch on TV or not, you, you definitely don't get the full spectrum of the speed and the skill it takes um, on the ice. When, when you're in person and you're watching, it's like, holy crap, how are they going so fast kind of thing. You know what I mean? Whether that's right. – well, Whether because when I've watched, pro. right? Because well, when I've watched games, you know, when I've been to games at Madison Square Garden, or as I like to play, as I like to say, that place in Manhattan, uh, or I've watched games at the Nassau Coliseum, um, it, it just it doesn't look as fast. Uh, I mean, it's obviously faster; it looks faster in person. But just when I watch games from Edmonton, it just seems like it's so much faster than everywhere else. Yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, it's been a few years since I watched the Oilers no, at Rexall because they have, I mean, their new rank, Rogers Place now. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, their their ice guy actually came and uh, made the ice in Bonneville for a few years for the junior team. So really I skated nice. on that ice before, <laughs> and it was it was unbelievable. I loved it. Best ice in the lake line, that's for sure. <laughs> nice. Okay, I got my final one for you, Brinson, then uh, I'll let Paul get one more in there. Uh, mine is a two-parter. So uh, the first part is, uh, if you could speak to this freshman class at ASU right now and you see and hear what they're doing as far as making big strides quickly, what would you tell them for success, to get continued success as freshmen? That's number one. And part two of that would, what would you call success for yourself uh, this season when it finally gets started? Yeah, I think with regards to the freshmen, I think, um, I mean, the biggest piece of advice I would give them is um, get to know everyone on your team. Um, when you're, when you, I've talked about it all four of my years. When you have that that family brotherly bond with 
your entire team. It's, it's amazing what you guys can accomplish together. Um, you've seen that my junior year um, when we all came together and uh, made it to NCAA tournament. So that would be my biggest piece of advice for them. Just get to know your teams, build that bond. Um, and, man, enjoy it. Best four years of your life at Arizona State. Like, come on, who who has it better than you guys? Like, <laughs> ah, see, you got hard. screwed because you only did four years. You should have been on yeah. the seven-year plan like I was. Yeah, holy. <laughs> um and then what was the, what was the second question sorry oh uh, yeah the, the, the second part of it was what will you consider a success this season for you when it finally gets started when the, when the first season is over with you sit back and go hey this was a success for me yeah that's a good question um i mean i'd be lying if i said my goal wasn't to to make opening day roster this year with san jose sharks and and stick there all year that that would I mean, that, that's obviously my goal. I, you know, I want that more than anything. So um, if that doesn't happen, I don't know if that's going to be considered a failure. But um, that's just what my goal is. I, I don't really know what would be considered successful or not, but I want to make opening day roster, stick with the Sharks, and, and help win a Stanley Cup with them. Yeah, very well said, Paul. Take it away in the that's, last one. That, that's good because if there was any other answer, I'd be like, okay. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 some, we, somebody we need to talk. So, um, that you know, um, A, and, and, and I don't usually ask these kind of questions, but mm-hmm. it's just what I – It sometimes it hits me. Uh, a, how strange was it to watch somebody else wear 39 and <laughs> they made you pick a number yet in San Jose? Yeah, it honestly was weird. My wife was watching the game with me the other day, and she's like, oh, I keep thinking that's you out there. Like, it kind of <laughs> looks like you. I'm like, I know. It's it's strange how – it's strange watching someone else wear it. Um, but, no, it's it's all good. It's funny now. and Even, like, watching 28, like right. watching Steen's old number, and I'm like, Steen, is that you? Like, <laughs> it, looks, it looks so weird. Yeah. Um, Sure. And with my my number inside, I was like, no, they haven't yet. Um, okay. Not really sure. I, I, I don't – I'm not too knowledgeable on how that process goes uh, okay. in the pro world, so I really don't quite have an answer for that one. All right. Well, just just remember when you pull, when you pull on that particular jersey, that was the jersey that started all of this uh, merchandising. Uh, <laughs> we want to – we want to get these – that was the those were the jerseys that started it. The San Jose Sharks <laughs> were the were the first team that really uh, kicked it into high gear with the sports marketing, and uh, so and they and they will always have that distinction. So um, there's the, 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 there's a good piece for you as you pull on that jersey when you go to training camp. Yeah, coolest jerseys in the league. I love them. They're awesome. <laughs> hey, hey, Paul, he also uh, put those jerseys on at ASU, and that was pretty much branding jerseys and uniforms as well. Yeah, so I know. I, I, I totally understand it. I, I get it. I mean, listen, you know, you know the, the, the Austin Matthews and the gold jersey broke the internet. We know how that works, but yeah. this was the early 90s, not 2020. <laughs> All right, Brinson, I lied to you. I got to ask you one more. Uh, right. We added uh, the Colorado schools to our coverage area just to be more Southwest regional. And and uh, so we have Denver now and Colorado College and Air Force, which I think are going to be natural rivals for ASU down the stretch. But the final one is, 
Denver and CC are headed to a pod situation for college hockey. Uh, I asked you about playing in the Big Ten. Would you have liked to play in a pod, play 10 games in 21 days or whatever that is in in uh, Omaha? Yeah, I mean, I think that would be really – I think that would be really interesting. I think that could have been a really cool experience for sure. Um, definitely would have been something to be interested in. That's uh, – brings you back to like your minor hockey league days you know what i mean it's like you go places and it's like this big tournament and i think that would kind of be like the feel of it um so i think that's a really cool thing what they got going there and i think they'll be really successful honestly so yeah i would have loved to to do something like that obviously i wouldn't have loved covid to happen but (laughs) right if, if covid wasn't around i would i think that's a cool idea for sure all right, my friend, thanks for coming on on such short notice, and thanks for starting that ASU winning streak because uh, <laughs> we're going to count it and chalk it up to you when I talk to Coach next time. I'm going to tell him it's all Brinson's idea that uh, <laughs> the winning streaks got started. So uh, be safe. Continue to work out. Can't wait to see you in a uh, San Jose Sharks uniform very, very soon. Yeah, thank you, guys. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Thanks, Brinson. Tell your folks we said hi. I will. All right, folks, that's Brinson Pashnuk, now of the San Jose Sharks and the former captain of the Arizona State Sun Devils. Paul and I are going to take a quick break. We're going to come right back and talk more college hockey Southwest Live in about three minutes. For your next car, head out to 2401 West Bell Road in Phoenix and stop in at Bell Ford, the Arizona Ford Giant. Come in and check out our great deals on the remaining 2020 Fords, as well as the new 2021 models just arriving, like the new E450 pickup truck during our summer outdoor and SUV sale. Voted the number one Ford dealer in Arizona by Ranking Arizona, we will do what it takes to make your car buying experience safe and convenient. Shop online at bellford.com. We'll bring everything to you on your schedule. Schedule a test drive. Need a repair? We'll come pick up your vehicle and bring it back to you. Our sales and service professionals are ready to help in any way to make sure you are happy and satisfied. Go online to bellford.com or call us at 602-866-1776 and let us show you why we've been the dealership that keeps Shane Doan coming back year after year. Behind the Mask Hockey Shop, celebrating 25 years of exceptional service to the Arizona hockey community, offering the top brands and an educated staff of hockey players to help you choose the right gear for you. Visit any one of our three Valley locations or check us out online at BehindTheMask.com. At the heart of any good cocktail is the quality of the spirit used. And if you want to make the best margaritas, or if you just want a straight shot of the best tasting tequila, then Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila is the brand for you. Award-winning Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila has the taste you want to make perfectly blended cocktails, whether you're celebrating an overtime game winner with friends or relaxing by the pool after a long work day. Find your bottle, be it in Arizona or elsewhere in the U.S., Visit us at MexicanMoonshine.com. Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila. Award-winning taste since 2011.
can't wait to get to Las Vegas and check out the fortress. Going to see the Golden Knights? No. Stopping at Jesse Ray's barbecue for lunch. Oh, that fortress. That combination of brisket, hot links, fries, mac and cheese, surrounded by offensive ribs? I'm in. Exactly. Jesse Ray's Barbecue, located at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard, right behind the Mandalay Bay Hotel. Check out their pulled pork, smoked chicken, or the fall off the bone baby back ribs. Jesse Ray's Barbecue has been voted the best barbecue in Las Vegas two years running. So whether it's a midday meal or a pregame feast, head to Jesse Ray's Barbecue for all their award-winning tastes. All right, we're back. College Hockey Southwest Live. Live on the Podbean app every Sunday night, 7.30 p.m., presented by Behind the Mask Hockey Shops. We appreciate their support in bringing the show to you each and every week. Scott Strandy in Scottsdale, Arizona. My co-host, as always, Paul Hornstein, out on beautiful Long Island, New York. Um, Paul, just a quick word. 7.30 Mountain Time. Good one. Uh, We've got the primetime lineup. Sunday through Wednesday, all of our shows, 7.30 Mountain Time. All right, so uh, just a quick recap on, on the conversation we had with Brinson, and then uh, we'll talk a little bit NCHC pod before we wrap it up. Uh, listen, I mean, uh, you know, it, 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 he, he, you get what you, you expect. Um, uh, he's a good guy to talk to. He's a team-first guy. Um, and... You know, it shows when he talks. Everything is us, 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 you know, team, team, team. And, you know, he's he, he's all in. He's 100%. And what more can you ask for, from somebody other than to give you everything they got? Totally agree. I, I want to quickly wrap up uh, a little bit of Big Ten talk uh, since ASU is competing in the Big Ten but not officially in the Big Ten standings. Um their mark to make an NCAA tournament will be matched up by how they perform against Big Ten teams, which isn't all bad. I mean, if you uh, want a shot at making the, the big dance, uh, you want to do it against the best. But uh, from what you've seen, Paul, um, holy cow, the Big Ten is as crazy as uh, we thought it was going to be with uh, Ohio State beating Michigan State and then Wisconsin sweeping uh, – who did they sweep? Penn State? Penn State. Uh, yeah, and then and then Michigan uh, takes care of uh, Arizona State, but then right. then falls at uh, I'm I'm losing my train That's of thought. Right. Notre here. Dame got swept by Wisconsin, and then Michigan yes. went to then Notre, Notre Dame, Dame went to Michigan and 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 won two games <laughs> at Michigan. Uh, yeah. Michigan, listen, I if you're gonna, I think people probably should stop asking me because clearly. Um, you know, I, I wasn't even sure Michigan was going to lose once, let alone twice in one weekend. Right. Uh, so maybe don't ask me because clearly I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. So. <laughs> well, when you look at the standings for the Big Ten and you got Wisconsin on top and then right. you got Minnesota, Notre Dame, Michigan, Ohio State, Michigan State, Penn State. Um, goodness gracious, I don't know where the weaknesses are. <laughs> I just there, can't. Well, everybody that, but that's what we everybody. said all year, that there was – there we that's um you know minnesota has looked really good uh wisconsin has looked really good uh even though they got beat twice this weekend um you know i didn't really get to see much of any of the the michigan nordane games because they were on at the same time as the asu games and i only i 
you know, I'm, I only have one screen to look at at a time. You know, I, I, <laughs> I, I, I can't multitask. Um, I didn't expect Penn State to be 0 for 4. Um, you know, so you can't <laughs> – I mean, this is what happens when you top to bottom where there's not much separation, and that's what you're seeing basically uh, as you look at things. Uh, going into the season, uh, all those teams were ranked bunched together. Uh, you know, Michigan went out strong and, and 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 got themselves pushed up to the top five. But this is kind of what you expected from the conference all year long, anyway. Yeah. So exactly. Um, so one final thing on on Arizona State before we uh, we we spent a lot of time with Brinson talking about it too, but. Um, they come into the, the series against uh, Wisconsin uh, having only scored two goals, and they leave yep. having scored, um, what, another 8 to 3, well, 11. They got 11 this weekend. Yeah. So now they got they, they leave it with 13 goals. Um, yeah, I mean, and where, got, where, is it, where does ASU lie in that, Paul? Are they closer to the two end or are they closer to the 11 end for the weekend series? Uh, they, when, when, I mean, when everything's got, all said and done. They got all their their scoring basically from the bottom six forwards. Yeah, you know it's not, and and I don't want to sit here and say that uh, the guys in the the top six, or at least the way they're put down on the charts, right? Uh, uh, as the top six, uh, you know, don't belong in the top. I, they just they they ASU got what they needed to win games this year in that league. And that's take advantage of the fact that uh, we, the team seems to be, you know, we thought going into the season was going to be deep offensively. And at least for this weekend, they showed it. I, you know, what they did against Michigan, uh, you know, Michigan state games were much tighter. Yes. Uh, and, you know, you know, there's always an adjustment, well, especially when you get as many freshmen playing as, as they did. Um, uh, and Michigan's freshmen were right up there. And, and I'm, st- I'm still don't think I've seen a player better than <laughs> Owen Power. So he, he's stellar. But I'll tell you, the uh, I said this earlier in the year. I said, I think ASU's top two lines can match up with top two lines of anywhere in the country. Um, but that didn't mean that they were going to dominate or or win every single game the the, the top two lines i think they, they match up well against top two lines of everybody else which means if they're going to find success they have to find it like this weekend where lines uh, three and four if you will on the line chart do some damage and uh the text that i sent you earlier today i, I just want to touch on that quickly because i thought it was such a glaring um thing that i witnessed at least my eyes told me is that the uh the sun devils went to the net uh, all weekend. Yes. Hard. Very hard. Yes. yes. Uh, the other thing that they did is their point guys, instead of shooting the puck wide of the net, were doing point passes. And if you're not familiar with that, listeners, a point pass is where you're on the point and you don't shoot at the goal. You shoot at your teammate going to the goal. And uh, he puts his stick down and it gets a deflection and goes in. Uh, or you hope it goes in. So, so I thought they were very good at that. But I think the one thing that stood out and you and I talked about it the first two weekends, was uh, their team speed did not look very good. And I thought it was a lot better. And I don't know if, it, if they got faster or if they just got smarter. And by that, I mean 
they started to take away the open space. And, and in hockey, if you, if you have time and space, you're going to be successful most of the time. If you take away the time and space, it becomes very, very hard to score goals. And that's uh, what ASU did really, really well from the outset both nights. Uh, a very, very exciting and enjoyable weekend of hockey for Arizona State. I think Air Force is going to rebound and, and play well against Robert Morris and pick up a couple of wins this coming weekend uh, at Colorado Springs when they open up their home season. And that leads us to the NCHC, which is the pod. Uh, Denver is on their way there. Uh, right. Colorado College has to wait until the 1st of December before they can even depart uh, right. after having tests. So their games have been moved back. But um, December 1st, Tuesday night, or Tuesday afternoon, Minnesota, Duluth, and Omaha, followed by St. Cloud State, Western Michigan. And then uh, the Pioneers get started uh, against Minnesota Duluth on uh, Wednesday night. And we talked during the NCHC uh, media day to Coach Carl about that. And, and he, he's kind of excited about getting those games going against the top guys right away. Well, you, listen, you don't have to worry about uh, your team being focused to start the season. That's for sure. Uh, when, you, when you're starting your season – against two of the other three teams in your league that are or were ranked in the top five. Uh, that gets your attention. So, you know, Coach Carl didn't have to worry about his players being focused and ready to go. Uh, same thing on the other end. Uh, you know, when you – I mean, those are marquee matchups any time of the year, let alone right off the bat. Um Coach Haviland at Colorado College uh, has a little bit of an advantage in that this is a pro-type schedule for the next month or three weeks. Uh, having coached in the pros and being a little bit more familiar with what it takes to do that, uh, this, this, this is going to be very interesting because it is going to give these college kids a chance to, to see what it's like to play a pro schedule without the travel, uh, fortunately or unfortunately. Um, and most of them are done with class. I think Colorado college is also the only one that's, that has, has classes still, or at least yeah, will yeah. going into you're, the, you're box. right. So, it, because of so, the block system. Yeah. That's why. Yeah. So uh, all of that makes it even more interesting because all these guys are going to do is focus on hockey. Yeah. And yeah, that, so it's going to be. Uh, the at least the intensity level feels like it'll be what the NHL playoffs were this year in those two bubble cities. So I, I'm looking forward to that. Um, and it's good because we get games every day. Yeah. You get games well, every day. <laughs> yeah. Yes. 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 I, I thought it was interesting. And we'll kind of wrap it up on this, but I thought it was interesting uh, when I asked Brinson about both, uh, he was excited. He would have been very excited to play in the Big Ten under those circumstances. And I think we all thought, oh, man, not only is it going to be games on the road, but the games are going to be closer than normal. Uh, but I don't think ASU has got nearly the issues that, say, an NCHC team is going to have if you get an injury or anything because those games are – so close together. I mean, you mentioned pro schedule. It might even be tighter than a pro schedule um, with 10 games in 21 days. Uh, it, it's going to be really something to watch, I think, and see how the coaches uh, 
treat everything. But I think Brinson was also excited to play in the pod. I think you would like to have done both. Uh, and, and that's a true hockey player. Well, honestly, who wouldn't? Like you yeah, said, I mean, like exactly. you said, this is going to be like we were in a midget tournament or a junior tournament or or something along those lines. I don't know. I don't even know what the – you know what? Even though I coached in it, I don't know what this, the, the, the levels are at, at, at that. Well, it, but 12 years that, old, 14 years old, the, I don't – but you band, get the point. Yeah, peewee bantam, midget, juniors, junior A, junior B – uh, tier one, tier two, all the way along the line. I mean, that's what they do. They travel, play games like that. They yeah. play in big tournaments, especially during the holidays. It's uh, And I guess it's kind of similar to like the World Juniors coming up here shortly because yeah. you play a lot of games there in a short period of time, not 10 and 21 days, but you can play five or six if you go all the way to the championship. So um, I just think it's really interesting for this hockey season, as crazy as 2020 has been, for us to be able to see – the, the competition and the style that ASU is playing in the Big Ten, and then now we're going to get a chance to see the pod style that NCHC uh, will have in Omaha. So it's exciting. We're looking forward to it. Uh, I don't know how else to end tonight's show, but to thank Brinson Fashionuk for taking the time to come on. He's still working out here in, in Arizona, and I, I got a feeling I know uh, who he's been working out with because I know some of the players that are here. So that's no kind of cool. But um, – so anyway, let's wrap it up. Give us the read, and we'll say goodnight with uh, Roger Klein and the Peacemakers, and we'll tell everybody to stay tuned on Tuesday night because we got Frank Saratori scheduled, and, and that's going to be fun as he prepares for his home opener. Yeah, well, hopefully we'll get the tech stuff figured out so I can actually ask a question this time. <laughs> you, want it all. you want to yeah. participate? <laughs> yeah, so Behind the Mask presents College Hockey Southwest Live on the Ice Time Hockey SW.com network. Brought to you by Bell Ford, presenting partner of the Sunday special. Visit bellford.com and explore the 2021 return of the legendary Ford Bronco. Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila, 100% blue agave, is used to make our unique tastes. Go to mexicanmoonshine.com and order any of our three award-winning flavors. Behind the mask, ice, in line, in the net, up the ice, whatever your hockey needs are. See our Three Valley locations or BehindTheMask.com. Buy Verizon Wireless, the 5G coverage America's been waiting for. Jesse Ray's Barbecue in Las Vegas, it's all about the butt. Cold beers and cheeseburgers, sports, craft beers, and made-to-order burgers, 12 Valley locations, and two in California. Buy Caesars Resort, entertainment, and casinos. Worldwide, it's where the action is, in the resort, or in town. College Hockey Southwest Live, presented by Behind the Mask, and all of the IcetimeHockeySW.com podcasts are live on the Podbean app and are available for download at iTunes, the Google Play Store, Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, the iHeartRadio app, and on the TuneIn app, ask Alexa to turn on your ITHSW podcasts. Behind the Mask, College Hockey Southwest Live, and all of our weekly podcasts are a part of the IcetimeHockeySW.com network. All right, folks, I'm getting ready for uh, some games at the pod. Paul's getting ready to watch some games in the pod. Um, we've got college hockey for you Sunday night, 7.30 p.m. Mountain Time, 7.30 p.m. Mountain Time on Tuesday. 
In between, we've got uh, Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly, which tomorrow is going to be a great show. And also Wednesday, we've got Club Hockey Southwest Weekly. So uh, your spot to watch us and listen to us is ITHSW Podcast. I guess you can't watch us unless you're spying on our houses. But <laughs> but you can and definitely we're better off us. that way anyway. Don't scare anybody. <laughs> exactly. Our thanks again to Brinson Pashnik for, uh, for joining us tonight and spending some time with us, Paul. Thank you, as always, for your hard work, and uh, we'll say goodnight with Roger Klein and the Peacemakers. Good night.